The Brighter Side is brought to you by Audible.com. Go to audibletrial.com slash brighterside for your free trial. and to LA um, and I met this casting director and he said he wants me to come over to his house later. You're a beautiful young lady. I think you've got real potential in this industry. Have you ever done some freeform dialogue in the nude? Um, uh, um, in the nude, um, well, I've done some art stuff back in college. If you um, want to make it in this business, you got to follow the path of righteousness. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Hey, I'm just a really fun comedian. I'd love to just do my best seven minutes at your show tonight. Uh, yeah, we might could throw you up after, uh, all these famous people go up. Oh, Maybe we can give you like two minutes. Two minutes, okay. That's that's fine. That'd be great. Thank you so much. You guys are so so humble. It's so nice. It's yeah. so sweet. You so- do have to bring fifteen people though. Oh god, that's gonna be tough. <laughs> um, I'm like really into fashion and like riding the waves and smoking pot and just like you know, just like hanging out, you know. Yeah, I would love to just like watch you, you know, from a distance with my camera if that's okay. I mean, I, I think I'm just shooting like a you know a pilot project a, a resume. Cool pilot project. Well, I'm gonna be at um uh. Venice Beach, just in a bikini, hanging out, waiting to get discovered, just smoking that weed. Great, great. Welcome to the Brighter Side, everyone. <laughs> this is the L.A. episode. Whoop, whoop. The Brighter Side of L.A. I am Cena John. I'm Amber Nelson. And Mary is with us on the ones and twos. Hi, guys. Oh, so happy you're filling in for Samantha Stubbsworth. And, and you know what? Uh, you know what I'm happy about today? Mm. We don't have that fat ass Ed Larson here. No, no. But you he know, had to go on a special plane to LA. He, he had to go to a special place, do special things, rub elbows with all those famous people. Oh, he better butter up those elbows. Smoking that sweet nug out there. Nice. They had to put him on a military plane like Dumbo. <laughs> he put him in the cargo section. <laughs> <laughs> He's hanging in a cargo net. <laughs> Oh, man. But he's got such a warm heart. He does. For a big, fat elephant. Um, We miss Ed, and he's in L.A., so we decided to do a show on the brighter side of L.A. Because if Eddie's there, there's got to be some good in that town. Got to be some good. I mean, it is sunny. It's sunny all the fucking time. Yeah. That's the thing. That's the thing. But you never realize, like, how much your life has passed. I was there for a month or so. Yeah. And we just remember waking up one day and was like, wait, how long have I been here? What? Because you don't get a sense in your body of time passing. Right. You don't have a sense of, of, of seasons yeah. at all either. Like, you don't know if it's December. You're like, uh, sure. Yeah. Fine. It's like five degrees colder. Yeah. Call it 12. doesn't <laughs> need to have a month name anymore. <laughs> um, but Eddie, Eddie sent in some stuff to us, uh, which is cool. He sent in some, some audio clips, and uh, it's him kind of riffing on some things about L.A. And initially, it was supposed to be... Eddie talking about the brighter side of LA, all these like little things in LA that that make it special and wonderful. But in a classic Eddie Larson fashion, he uh, did none of those things and <laughs> decided to just riff on faults that LA makes you exploit. Mm. So what do you think, Amber, are some faults that LA makes you exploit? Makes me exploit. Um, I would definitely say like laziness, yeah. lounging in the sun. I would say so. I did a lot of just like drinking beer and sitting on a stoop. Yeah, I, when I was in LA, we called uh, Corona's Gatorade. 
<laughs> That's how often we were just drinking. Which is weird because you're in a car. You have to drive after a while. Yeah, I don't. I think people have a, a a lot less fun in L.A. because they can't party at all. Or they do these weird parties where everyone just goes and sleeps and has an orgy. Is that what happens? I guess so. Or they just do a bunch of like pills and drugs. So then whenever you, you drive, you you won't pass a you'll pass a what do you call it a breathalyzer? Oh, is that <laughs> what's that word again? Oh, that thing that'll put you to jail? Uh, breathalyzer. I like how I like how the solution to the breathalyzer is just more pills and drugs. <laughs> All right, so, Mary, we have some stuff from Eddie, and I agree, procrastination is that first one. We're going to go over a couple other other, um, items as well, but, you know, let's get right into procrastination and see what Eddie Machete has to say about it. We'll pause throughout to make fun of Ed and talk about all that jazz, so. Hey, what's going on there, Brighter Side listeners? Hello, Cena. Hello, Amber. Hello, Mary. Thanks for sitting in for Sam. You're... Quite the Irish doll. We did the opening, Eddie. Irish are allowed to have dolls, but if they were, I would hope that they would be just like you. So, everyone, how you doing? Uh, I'm out in L.A. having a good time, laying by the pool, doing all the cool shit that all the cool kids do, that all the fucking dorks in New York. Can we pause it? Can we pause it for a second? Fuck that guy, man. Fuck him so hard. We just had a snowstorm last night. <laughs> you fucking asshole, Eddie. Oh, my It's God. so cold. I put all my warm winter socks away, and then it snowed five inches yesterday. <laughs> it's a fucking nightmare. Oh, I'm just sitting by the pool, sitting with the cool kids. He's rolling around with Jeffrey Ross like he's a champ. You ain't nothing without your family. You're nothing without your family, Lawson. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. You're cold, you're sad, you're (laughs) huddled against everyone, you're fighting with your loved ones, there's no happiness, you know, the only thing that's good about the winter is that the homeless stay subdued because they're too (laughs) cold to fight and flail. I had an incident with a homeless guy out here uh, yesterday, and uh, I'll tell you what, it, it ended okay, but, you know, they're a little trickier out here because they're always hot, they're always mad. You know, and, uh, you know, I get it. And I, the, I totally the, get it. Let's but, pause uh, that for a second. Amber, what, have you ever had a run-in with some homeless people in, in L.A.? Um, boo-boo-boo. They were usually, like, because they even they, even the homeless people dress better in yes. L.A. That's exactly <laughs> so you what I was hoping homeless. you'd say. Because even, you know, you don't can't tell the difference between an actor and a homeless person out there. Mm-mm. You don't know if they're going to, like, give you their resume. I was in, a like, a little... A pharmacy, uh, just getting something because I was there for work one night, and I saw this. What well, what I would I would assume was a homeless man. I mean, he was really gross, but he kind of looked really tan and really put together. Like 15, 20 years ago, he was like the best looking guy around, but now he's like a broken man and has no home. <laughs> and he just went right to like the deodorant aisle, picked up a bottle of Brute, and just poured it on his head and just started showering <laughs> right there in the aisle like a champ. Damn. Yeah. but Some, Somebody's going to buy that brute later. Yeah, They're like, so, why is half the bottle gone? <laughs> Do I get a discount? <laughs> All right, let's keep going. You know, you, you get attacked by homeless people out in uh, Los <laughs> Angeles more than you do in New York. And I think it's because they're, uh, they're opportunists. Now, I know that sounds weird, calling a homeless person an opportunist, but once you have everything taken from you, all you have is opportunity. And these people, I mean, you know, in New York, 
homeless people, yeah, they'll mess with you, sure, but you know, there's a good chance they're not going to say anything because there's hundreds of people passing you every second. In L.A., you get like a group of people maybe every 10 minutes or so, so you got to strike when you got to strike. You know, so I get it to the guy last night outside of Fat Burger screaming with your ass out. It's fine, man. It ain't going to get better, you know, but at least there's, you know, tomorrow he's going to be okay. I think uh, I'm not worried about him. He, you know, worst case scenario, he's uh, the same as today, tomorrow. Uh, but anyway, we're here talking about uh, many things that L.A. will do to you that you know what I think is interesting here Eddie took the time to really script out uh, everything he was saying today he really takes his time all the sentences are really carefully constructed he sounds stoned (laughs) he's so fucking high (laughs) you had one thing to do Eddie one thing to do speak into your phone and send it to us possibly sober we even get to the weed part of the show yet oh man yeah i'm glad the homeless guy had his ass out maybe a casting director will take a notice that's a good looking ass right there all right let's keep going you know maybe it's a brighter side maybe it's a bad side you're a fucking bad side (laughs) the uh, main one the first one i like to talk about is procrastination uh la makes you procrastinate immensely you know, uh, speaking of which, I was supposed to be doing these recordings for the past five weeks, <laughs> yeah. and I have not done one, and the fellas, uh, Amber and Mary, you are now men, uh, <laughs> record in a little while, uh, in like an hour or so, and I'm just doing this now, and so uh, I will say that procrastination is good, but, you know, if I would have done this, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I might not have known to talk about homeless people like I did last night, you know, from the uh, incident at Fat Burger alone. Now, I've only been at Fat Burger at a dozen or so times, and so <laughs> what are the chances that it would have happened the night before I recorded? And so procrastination is a key to life. I've always been a great procrastinator. I once turned in a college paper on procrastination that wasn't finished, and I got a C. And you know what I wanted on that? A C. I'm a C student. I know what I am. I love being a C student. It would really piss off everybody, you know, being a procrastinating C student to just know that the teachers get mad at you, the other students get mad at you when they find out you don't care and you're just here to pass. And, you know, I, you know nothing's like telling someone who tries really hard and uh, works their ass off that I'm going to get the same degree as them. <laughs> and it really fucking... It really drives them bonkers. See, you get you know? degrees. That's one of the great parts of okay. procrastination. I'll tell you one thing about procrastination that I love so much is the sleeping and the napping. <laughs> oh, my Lord. If I could have a dime for every time I took a nap, I'd be sleeping on a shit ton of dimes. I wouldn't sleep as well. You know, so you know, if you're going to make a bet out of dimes, you might as well put some cotton balls on top of it. Now I'm just rambling. Yeah. You know, and that's what you do when you're unprepared and procrastinating. The sleep is better out there because you wake up and the sun is shining uh, and the birds are chirping. You're absolutely right. And I love whenever I lived out in L.A. for just a couple, like two, six month stints, always have the window open. Yeah. And you just wake up and that fresh air is coming mm. in. And <laughs> here in New York, I have 
more layers protecting me between the street and my bedroom than I could possibly <laughs> imagine. Windows, curtains, you name it. I got it. Yeah. And I still hear the piercing sound of a siren every fucking day. My neighbors have uh, chickens, and my downstairs neighbors <laughs> have a parrot. So it's just birds screaming. Yeah. And I think it's adorable that the parrot's screaming, but I'm like, it's screaming for you to kill it. It's yeah. in a cage. It wants to be over. Yesterday, I actually had the most New York uh, wake up. It was a jackhammer. And in yeah. my dream, I can't remember who was in my dream. It was like Henry or something. He was just like yelling at me about something. And then the dream just started going. And I was like, why is it go- what's going on in here? And I woke up and it was, up. Oh, it's a jackhammer. My neighbor only plays Celine Dion. Oh, Ooh. shit. I'd rather the jackhammer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I wanted to bring up uh, procrastination. We'll finish up with uh, the rest of what Eddie was talking about. There is be- there are benefits to procrastination, I think. And it's like I think it's in comparison to what our culture here is like in America. We have the highest GDP per hours worked in the world, which means we work more hours and harder than anyone else in the world. We do? Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah, we, we do. We create the most out of the hours that we work, right? But if you compare that to what you know, the quality of life and how happy people are. People in Europe are much happier than us, right? Yeah, they all take siestas, right? Yeah, everyone's taking a siesta, right? Everyone's taking naps. Everyone's kind of procrastinating a little bit. Mm. And also whenever, like, uh, some jokes, for example, like you, you have the idea and you let it sort of mellow in your brain and then you sort of grow with this idea and that idea becomes influenced in your life and other people's lives and it's a little fuller as opposed to just being like, ah, let's get it out now. And it's sort of a half-baked stupid thing. Yeah, there's this this rush mentality or this like the capitalist ideal is to like get it done, get it done efficiently, get it done quick, get it done really well. Mm-hmm. But it's like really what we need to do is just take a moment and procrastinate a little bit maybe and – you know, I have to say, I think I've been proven that L.A. provides procrastination in the best way possible. So let's continue. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes your co-hosts will get mad at you because you drag them out of their house to go to the creek in the cave <laughs> while you're just doing this, sitting in your bed, not really caring about much at all. You know, the worst thing that happened to me today is that the pool's green and I'm not going to go in it probably because it's too gross because I've been swimming in it too much. <laughs> and Eddie know, is made of algae. My, life's hard. my butt still hurts if it makes you feel any better. It does. Cena, Amber, I still got those roids, man. They're kicking, they're juicing up, and they're ready to fucking make banana milk. Ooh. You know, and it's a mess down there. And I need to um, find a cure. And I know that the cure is surgery, but I wish there was a pill. And I wish there was a pill for everything. You know, like people say there's a pill for happiness and a pill for sadness and a, and a pill for, uh, you know, not having a family. You know, but there isn't a pill for it. And, uh, and if there was a pill for it, it'd be called Oxycontin because if you take enough of it. You'll die. You exactly. You know? right. I did that in Mexico. Just, you know, it's a, you it's took a, rock- a bunch of oxycotton. Yeah, I, I, because wait, just recently. It. Yeah, I went to Mexico. And <laughs> took a bunch of oxy. I woke up and had it for breakfast. What? Why? What? <laughs> well, first of all, is everything okay? <laughs> yes, it's uh, better then. <laughs> better. That was better. Much yeah. better on the oxycotton. So you could just get it at a pharmacy, huh? At a pharmacy, they yeah. Uh, even on the beach, you walk on the beach and they'd be like, "Hola, you want some cocaine? I sell cocaine." Uh, uh, but what about? Were they like, you know, Kia, yo quiero oxy? 
Um, you do have to go to a pharmacy for that. Oh, right, yeah, right. Yeah, and they're a little bit pricier, but it, we all went in on a baggie. Oh, that's good. <laughs> we all went splitsies. Yeah. Let's go touch on these painkillers. All right, let's move on. Rocky slope that we're all on, and I just want to wish everyone out there the, the happiest of times. And, and if you're thinking about doing work, if you're trying to get out there and you want to, you got a paper due next week, you know what I say? Fuck it. You know, just go out and, you know, do something for you. I want you to, you know, go make a smoothie, you know. I want you to I want you to go throw a baseball against the wall and catch it if that's your so desire. You know, I, I just want to make sure that whatever you do do has no positive result in your life other than clearing your mind and uh, reestablishing who you are in your own brain because if you go out there and you do too much work then let's face it you're just gonna be a an asshole you know anyone who works too hard no one likes to no one likes to talk to them no one likes to be buddies with them they're a pain in the neck do you know how many friends Stephen Hawking has all right cut it there Um, you know, he does bring up a really good point that, you know, we do need to, like, slow down, I think, a little bit. And we don't do – I know I, I do this to myself all the time. I don't take just time for me. I have to make relaxing an actual activity mm. or else I won't do it. I'll just be sitting there thinking about the other five projects I could be working on. Yeah, plan it in. I put it in my planner. Like, just mm. look at YouTube. Look at cat videos on YouTube for one hour. Yeah. I do that, too. I put a planner um, uh, a period of time where I could just go cry because <laughs> <laughs> I needed, like, the time for it. You could. You plan I it took out. A, I took a night off. You know, take a shower, cry It's good. good. Crying is good. Yeah, it is good. It's good for the soul. It is. Yeah. Get it out. Otherwise, it just builds up, and then you're on the train, and you're crying. And, and that's how terrorism happens. That's true. Um, you know, and I think, I also, it's like drugs and alcohol. I think we use those to avoid just giving time for relaxation to ourselves. We try to, like, take the easy way out of just, you know, being present with ourselves and not necessarily working all the time. And then we just try to, like, get drunk or stoned or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and that's not a good – that's going to make you more tired. Yeah, that's going to make you even more tired. It's not going to really relax you either. Anything else from Eddie there on that clip? Yeah, we got about a minute and a half. Oh, goody, goody. Let's see this Four. soliloquy. And one of them's his chair, you know? So y- you can't even really, you know, count on these things for hard workers. They don't get it. They don't know what it's like to have human compassion. <laughs> and, you oh know, and so – you you gotta get out there and when I say you gotta get out there I mean like go lay in a field and and look at nothing you know because that is what the world what America is built on sheer laziness and the bliss that comes with laziness Uh, you know do you know I watched all of the jinx in one day because (laughs) fuck it I loved it I had such a nice time uh, you know, he's a bad man who who dresses like a lady. You guys have seen it. It's all over the news. You know, but what are you going to do about it? You sit there, you watch, you're like, ah, you know, let's get him. And you know what? Nothing's going to happen to this guy, and they're going to kill that poor director, Jarecki. And, you know, that's just what's going to happen these days. And, and I'm for it. I'm not against it, but I'm not for it. I just said I was for it, but I'm backtracking now because I'm not exactly sure if I am for it. You know, but if you can get away with murder, I say do it. If you can't, try your best. Uh, and you know what? 
I miss everybody, and uh, I'm going to come right back. I'm going to let Cena and Amber try to analyze the fucking load of donkey shit that I just spewed. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I'd like to take this moment to any of our listeners want to write in to us. Uh, it's at, at Cave Comedy Radio at Gmail, right? Is that right? You can you can email us or, or look us up on the Facebook to let us know and thank us for pausing Eddie's fucking speech and not subjecting you to the entire eight minutes of him rambling on in bed with probably no pants on about how fucking lazy he is, which is the most performance art I think Eddie has ever actually done in his life. <laughs> oh, and you know he's stoned. <laughs> yeah, the whole time I was listening to it, I was like, damn, California has great weed. I always forget. <laughs> That's a brighter side to California. Oh, we'll get there. Okay. We'll get to the episode. I'm sure Eddie has a whole weed section on, on this oh, yeah. thing. Yeah, he, he does. does, right? Track three. Well, our our second our second kind of part of, of the brighter side of L.A. is one of the things that I think we're all familiar with, and it's the vanity part mm. of it. I know um, – I had a problem with being out there that everyone was so beautiful that I wanted to do the opposite. I wanted to just become disgusting and gross and not dress up because I thought that would make me stand out even more. What did you? What was your experience like, Amber? Oh, like oh, without there with all the vanity. Well, you know, I I noticed I, maybe because I'm a woman, but the girls would definitely try their hardest to be the most attractive at all times. But that also comes with. Um, uh, what do you call it when, when they're they're like scared of themselves they're not confident and me I'm not 10 I'm not a 10 I mean I'm very attractive but it's what? You're right. You're not a 10. You're an 11. Ooh, thank you, baby. What's up? <laughs> Listen up, listeners. That's how you get them ladies. <laughs> but you walk around with a sense of confidence and intelligence and don't feel like, you know, you look like a fucking goat woman. And people are actually more attracted to that. Yeah, confidence and smarts yeah. and intellect. Yeah. Things that kind of get glazed over in L.A. I feel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the funny things, I w- we used to go to, like, this fancy nightclub all the time in L.A., and I would wear, like, a nice blazer and fancy jeans and good shoes, and I was like, I look like every other, like, shitty Persian guy at this club, and I was like, uh-uh, this little boy grew up in Pittsburgh. He's a crazy man. So I started wearing, like, ratty sneakers and a hoodie and all of a sudden people started looking at me like I was famous like I was a rich celebrity or something like that and I realized these people are all fucking idiots yes. <laughs> I am something different than I was before or a celebrity oh a little bit there you go listen up ladies that's how you get the man <laughs> people are just constantly looking around for something like a little bit off or different around them and then they, they look at it and they're like oh my god what, what is that no I have to do that and then that becomes the norm do you think there's a part of vanity both Mary and Amber please answer if you if you feel up to it do you think there's a part of vanity that's good for us the uh, the idea of being able to look at ourselves and comparing it to others or what's beauty I think the good part about it is wanting to put your best foot forward uh, there is a fine line between putting your best foot forward and just constantly focusing on that foot you know um, yeah yeah I, I think it's important to feel like you look your best because it's not necessarily vanity to want to be attractive or just put together yeah to I other think people what i'm hearing is like there's a real kind of consciousness about how you look and it's not necessarily caring like oh i should just do all these perfectly matching things and buy all my clothes in a certainly kind of way but it's a matter of like all right i'm wearing the shirt on my torso and not my legs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I'd say it's more like I think there's a big difference between 
trying really hard to look good because you're like, oh, if I don't look a certain way, everyone's, no one's going to like me and I'm not going to do any good versus like, I like to wear blue because it looks good on me. Mm -hmm. Like there's a big difference between those perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. It's having some sort of knowledge for it. And I think anyone could kind of take a little bit of that. Vanity kind of gets played out in this way that's like, do you look like Kim Kardashian? And we have people out there that get plastic surgery to look like celebrities and they get, they reform their entire life to look like someone that they're trying to aspire to and really you just have to aspire to be your best self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what people are attracted to. Like when you put the sneakers, you said fuck that I'm from Philly, and you put the sneakers and the hoodie on and then all of a sudden people started giving you looks. Yeah, exactly. It's like, "Hey, I am sexy yeah. in these sneakers and hoodie." I am an old Chinese man and I put myself in a skin suit. <laughs> <laughs> people were like, "Who is that?" Oh ho ho. <laughs> Sneaky Amber. I will say last night I was very drunk and I walked into a conversation and somebody's like, hey, Amber, what's the Korean word for noodles or whatever? And I was like, oh, it's so fucking noodle. <laughs> and I like did my eye slanty thing. I was like, ching, ching, ching. And I look and there's an Asian dude right there. And he's like, they really wanted to know the word. And I was like, oh, no. It's just crying. It's <laughs> <laughs> just crying. I can't do that anymore. <laughs> I learned my lesson. You, you, you can't do it anymore around Asian people or just in general? Just in general, I guess. <laughs> um, all right, so let's hear what Eddie had to say about vanity. I'm sure it's carefully constructed, mm-hmm. well thought out. Mm-hmm. That son of a bitch. Let's hear him drone on about vanity. What's going on, guys? I hope yeah, nothing, Eddie. Nothing's going message. on. Um, now we're, I'm going to bring up another thing that L.A. does to people that I'm not sure is a good thing or if it's a bad thing. It sounds like a bad thing. It's got a bad rap, you know, but maybe it can help you. Maybe be good for you. Maybe you can figure out something about your life that you don't already know about yourself. And that is vanity. I am talking about vanity. You in the mirror, checking yourself out, looking it up and down. Is that your cock? I bet it's pretty. Nice <laughs> pussy, myself. That's what vanity is about. You know, vanity, it's just like a bunch of compliments to the point where it's detrimental to your social well-being, I think, is a, uh, the Ed Larson definition of vanity. And I don't think I'm that far off from Webster's. Mary, if you could check that for me and let everyone know how wrong I was at the end of this, I'd really appreciate that because that's what I do best being wrong and god damn it I'm fucking great at it and I'm good looking and I got this hot girlfriend and I fucking run around town like I'm the cock of the walk and you know what that's the brighter side of vanity the the, the sour side of vanity is uh, how upset it made you guys when I said all those things just now uh, when I you know when I was bragging about my uh Wonderful charm. And oh yeah, we're fuming. Dashing good looks and <laughs> best-looking fat man and all of fifty states. That's for damn sure. I mean, you show me. I mean, thank God Gandolfini died. I mean, he was a attractive big man, but you know, like, like that's you know, I have you gotta have something to strive to. You know, Dirty mouth breather. The, the day James Gandolfini died, they said uh, Ed Larson, congratulations. <laughs> You're the most beautiful fat man in America. And I, I got that letter before he had actually died because he died in Italy. And so anytime he left the country, I would receive a letter. And then when he came back, they'd be like, you're second best again. And, you know, vanity, you know, it just doesn't, it's not limited at um, dashing good looks, you know, or, you know, because it, it could be about how uh, much of a genius you are. 
and how much time it takes for you to really get into your genius groove. I mean, you know, I, I, I to show you guys how smart I am, uh, seven times eight is 56. Just that quick. It's that fast. Is that I'm real? Coming up with it just right away, 12 times 12, 144. I think he's wrong. <laughs> so no, no, seven times eight is fifty-six. Oh, did he say fifty-six? Yeah. Never mind. You know, I, you know, I'm, they call me the human calculator, <laughs> but you know, no one does. And it's an interesting way to just live, and you just know that you're number one because you are number one. Let's face it. You know, I, I'm number one to me. Uh, All right, Drake. I, I, you know, well, <laughs> if you're not number one to yourself, then what the fuck are you even doing? You know, it's a it's a shitty way to live your life. You know, even if your number one is your child or your wife, I think that you know maybe you're wrong. Maybe I'm being a huge piece of shit right now. But you know, it, it, by putting them first, you you should be putting yourself first in order to help them. You know, if you know if you're gonna save your child from a burning building, maybe you should have worked out a whole bunch. And gotten stronger so you were able to climb the stairs and able to get up there. You know, maybe if you would have had a little extra vanity, you would have quit smoking cigarettes and you wouldn't have fucking huffed and puffed all your way uh, through the, the river where the alligators were attacking your beautiful wife. You okay, know? okay, right, let's right, hold right. on. Let's yeah, hold yeah. on for a second. He does have a good point, though. Yeah, he does a great point, right? I mean, I think what, what we're saying here is that Levanity helps you put yourself first in life. I know I have that issue of putting others and projects before myself, and I beat myself up a lot of times because of it, and then next thing I know, I'm, like, sick and depressed and, like, in my bed not doing anything, yeah. and it's because I just didn't think about myself at all. It's true. I need to have more vanity to realize, like, I need to wash my clothes more and my feet stink, you know? Yeah. If I had more vanity, my I would wash my socks more well, often. it's because you've dedicated yourself to your art so much, you're like, these jokes got to come before my feet. Yeah, they do. And you know what? Sometimes your feet have to come first. Yeah, you got to put the feet first. I haven't worn underwear in, like, two weeks. Okay. Anyways, let's get back to Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> You know, these are extreme situations, I know, but, you know, life's extreme, and you got to be ready to face each challenge with a with an obstacle. You see, that, what I just said right there, um, didn't make sense. You know, you throw life its own obstacles. Vanity, let me tell you something about vanity. It's tell cool. us. You know, it, it, people are like, ah, oh, you know, you vain piece of shit, you know. Like you, I think of the song, uh, You're So Vain. Uh, you probably think this song is about you. And I really think that uh, she lost the the, uh, the the whole thing on that because the song is about Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, what did we lose? You just, you're so vain. I bet you think this song is about you. But, no, he what you did you wrote a song about him. You know, so yeah. he, being vain, he, he ended up winning. In the in the course of the song, can we pause know? for a sec? Oh, Amber, can you? Yeah, that's the whole point of the song. Like, it's funny. You're so yeah. vain about thinking something's bad. Yeah, it is bad. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Okay, that's funny. what I thought too. All right, Eddie, <laughs> you just confused me royally. <laughs> Let's keep going. Whoever that was, they say it's Mick Jagger. I don't know. It makes sense if it is Mick Jagger. Let's face it. If Mick Jagger wasn't vain, do you think the Rolling Stones would be as fucking awesome as they are? The Rolling Stones are the best band that's ever been. I'm sorry, Beatles heads. It's just true. Listen to the fucking 
music. They're still rocking together. Only one of them's dead. Someone quit the band. People come in. People come out. You know, I mean, fuck the Beatles when it comes to them versus the Rolling Stones. They got a real lucky hand that they were able to get to this country before the Stones because they would have had another fucking thing coming if Mick Jagger would have laced up his fucking high boots and danced his way all across this fucking horrible country. Should I give Eddie's phone number out for all the Beatles fans to call? (laughs) Let's scratch that from the record. (laughs) You know, there's, you know, I got a little ahead of myself. I got a little too vain and I started to insult the greatest country on earth. And that's another thing that you should be vain for. Uh, Where you live. You know, even if you do live in um, Croatia, as Holden would say, you know, you should be able to stick up for yourself and say, God damn it, I'm happy I live in Australia, the land of, of thieves and, and dirt. <laughs> you know, you should you should you should be able to stick up for yourself and be like, That's right, I live in England and you know what, the food's not that bad and you know, the, the, the people aren't that ugly, you know, and like that's you know, this is is something you should, you know, be vain about it. You know, the, if it wasn't for England, there'd be no uh, Lord of Lord of the Rings. You oh know? my god! <laughs> oh my god! Can we pause this for a second? First of all, I think you've taken the word vain and vanity and destroyed it. <laughs> you just applied it to every single other thing you could possibly imagine, Eddie. <laughs> I was waiting for him to respond. What you... Oh, no. I love England, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> right? What the fuck does that mean? I think they were also in New Zealand. I think they yeah. every movie that is, like, fantasal, fantastical, they just oh, they all have English accents Well, J.R.R. Tolkien is from England. Oh, oh is he? Oh, yeah. is that right? Yeah, I think so. All right. Fuck it. <laughs> you know, the first three movies were, and I didn't have time to read the books, you know, because I was such a procrastinator, and I was waiting for the movies. And it turned out, if you just wait for 20 years, that something might happen and your procrastination will pay off you get three cool movies three bad movies you know what i'm fucking cool with that shit and uh that wraps up vanity for me i hope that uh you cena and amber can find anything to do with these mumbling recordings that i'm sending you i'm gonna get stoned for the next one and uh, we're gonna talk about uh what it's like to be stoned in la Signing off once again. This is Edward P. Larson. God, what a uh, waste! (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. I think what Eddie was trying to also say was that he was not stoned for the first two. Uh oh. I can't wait to see what his stoned recording is. Yeah. I mean, I think we covered, you know, what do you think the brighter side then of Vanity in L.A. is? Do you think people kind of take a little bit better care of themselves then? Yeah, they eat better. You know, they try not to smoke. New Yorkers are just like, if you look in all of our faces, if you look close up, you can see, like, the lines of grief. Yeah. You know? Just one too many times we've seen a man take a shit on the subway. Oh, I'm looking. I'm, I, yeah. I count six on your face, <laughs> six times. Uh, yeah, I think, I think that's right. I, I found... In L.A., and again, I had an inverse reaction to everyone caring about themselves so much in L.A. where I was like, I I have to care less about myself and Mm -hmm. become – like I I got very uh, fat in L.A. because I was smoking (laughs) weed in the car sitting in traffic. 
uh, you know, eating in an out burger all the time. You can smoke weed in your car? You can smoke weed anywhere. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I don't think you're really supposed to smoke weed in your car. Yeah. That would, you know. You'd roll a joint or was it a pen? I know, I would roll a joint because you're just sitting there. So I actually learned how to roll one with one hand. What? Yeah, which is pretty impressive, I think. I was really proud of myself. I think I've lost the ability to do it now because, you know, you're out of practice. But, man, it was it was just so much in and out burger that I ate out there that I just became such a piece of shit. And everyone else was, like, doing runs in the canyons and stuff. I just didn't get it. I don't know. It's my bright colors. This is a, people, we love our blacks here. We do love our blacks. I was, uh, where, where is it called again when you go up and it's, like, by the Hollywood sign? Mulholland Drive? Mulholland Drive. I was up there, and we parked the car. I was walking around just smoking a cigarette. And you're not supposed to do that up there, apparently. No, because, like, the road's so skinny that, like, you know, you could just get Mulholland. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, a, start a brush fire or something. Oh, right. That's why. Yeah, you're not supposed to, <laughs> you're not supposed to smoke. I didn't know. I was just fucking puffing away, being a New Yorker, like, in all black and sunglasses. <laughs> and someone was like, hey, hey, put that out. You can't smoke on that. Right? You could have burned half of California down. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> 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 so I think uh, I think we've covered we've covered procrastination pretty well. We've covered vanity, all twelve definitions of vanity. <laughs> I think, which is good. Uh, I, I don't think well, there's anything else really to cover on that. No, I think, I think we're into the headlining portion of the show here. Smoking, wh- 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 smoking, weed. smoking, nog. When I was there, I didn't want to get my marijuana card because oh. I knew. I would just be smoking every day. Yeah. So I tried to do it as like a treat. Like when I got home after shows, then I would light it up. Because I knew, yes, of course, the day I started smoking during the day. It's over. It's over. Yeah. It's so good. It's like sweet candy out there. Mm, and, just... and, and the culture of weed out there is completely different. Like you really can't make weed jokes in normal conversation when you're talking to people here in New York. People are like, oh, this guy's a little pothead, huh? <laughs> but in L.A., it's just in the culture. People yeah. are just talking about it. They're free about it. They have it. weed lollipops. God, weed lollipops. I bought some weed lollipops in New York from Weed World Vans, and they, they're, of course, they don't work. So I've been going up to the vans, like, during their deals. I've been like, this isn't real. This is made of hemp. It doesn't do anything. And uh, Do they, they get upset with you? They get very upset. Yeah. Yeah, like, it, it, they look at me like I'm uh, interrupting a real drug deal. Really? Yeah, it's like that level of seriousness. Where are these vans? We should go and hijack them or something. We should. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are a lot on um, West Fourth Street, like okay. around the A A line. Well, if you're in New York, don't don't buy anything from those weed vans. Mm-mm, they're B- liars. Buy something from a, a man in a van that smells like weed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's always the good. All right, let's see what Eddie had to say about uh, Sweet Dunk. Okay. All right. Yeah, man. Oh Jesus. He's fucking rock and roll LA, man. Oh God. I'm smoking. I'm smoking. You see, it's like, an, I like about this, as opposed to doing a recording at the creek, is that I'm in, you know, the hot California sun, and I get to smoke a joint and not have to worry about, you know, saying, hey, I'm at the creek and I'm smoking weed. No, I'm at, I'm in a pool house. Basically, the only reason pool houses exist. What an asshole. <laughs> and that's my fucking whole bullshit right now. And listen, I gotta say, I'm sorry about how I was acting in the first two seconds. <laughs> the weed's starting to get to my head. And I'm feeling a little remorseful about how happy I've been and how good of a mood I've been in. And, you know, telling you guys all these good things about my life. 
you know, and then, you know, things are great. And, you know, and I, I shouldn't be doing that. I should be taking it down. There's a wise, uh, young, now newly dead comic once created, the great Harris Whittles had a whole thing on a humble brag, <laughs> which I, uh, something I, I can learn from today. You know, I, I, of course, it was started as a joke, but it's something that you should really think of. You know, it's how do you brag about something without being a, a complete donkey shit about it, you know? And I, I think that earlier I was acting like a donkey shit, and now me realizing that I was acting like a donkey shit almost makes it worse in a way, you know, because I hold on, my joint went out. Oh God! <laughs> well, let's take a moment there, uh, Amber. What is what was one of your favorite uh, weed experiences in L.A.? Oh man, just sitting on the porch. Yeah, right. Just the sun and a porch and a conversation. You couldn't do. You really can't even do that here on the best day in New York. No, we don't have porches. We yeah. just have like a little stoop that the cops can arrest you on. Yeah, you have like a little fire. Like, go on the uh, fire escape, and people really dress up their fire escapes in New York. They do, but apparently that's illegal. Oh, you Is can't it? do that? Yeah, you can't I suppose really... it would impede on the escaping yeah, from the fire. fire. <laughs> you could, like, walk over your football grill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, New York is all just, like, hands up, I can't breathe, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and in L.A., they're like, hands down, breathe in, deep. <laughs> uh, okay, let's keep going. I don't know, man. Oh, God, I you do. You gotta see it follows, man. It's shit scary. I loved it. It's such a good movie. <laughs> it follows. Oh, I gotta see it. It's so scary. The soundtrack is terrifying. Super spooky stuff, man. It's like uh, some good old John Carpenter. It's like 80s synth shit. He just like mixed in with like Psycho, and he just gets fucking bananas. I piped that shit in a my headphones as I walk around town and man I'm eye on edge I'm fucking ready to fucking <laughs> okay let's run. pause this for a second I saw this with a bunch of people the other night and my fingers were in my ears because the soundtrack was so terrifying he that walks I, around it all day and Eddie has just got this shit on repeat <laughs> it's like sweet lullaby Eddie it's oh. with the horror movie soundtrack how many people is he just terrifying Walking around, <laughs> so many people probably think he's homeless. Yeah, he probably doesn't wear shoes. <laughs> I'm sure of it. There's no. Why would he wear shoes? He goes up to a taco truck and he pops out his earphones and it's just horror music <laughs> blaring out. <laughs> Un quesadilla. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. I am just such a scared little girl when it comes to, you know, you put that spooky music on and then, man. You know, all the toughness kind of swims out of your body. It's uh, it's almost viscerating, you know, if you are a maniac person. I don't care how tough you are. You hear that music, you know, unless, even if you do have a knife in your hand, it's all, you know, who knows? Who knows? There could be a bigger monster than you. If I had the knife in my hand, I'd stab myself probably. Monsters who kill the monsters. You know, you take, like, you put, like, you know, Freddy and... You know, and uh, the Mike Myers and Jason Voorhees into a room, and you scare the shit out of them with some bigger, scarier monsters. I don't know what you'd need for that. Maybe some dragons or some shit. But that sounds like a good time. 
I don't know about you, what you do for your time, what you have fun doing, but you fucking... Let's bust. Uh, I think that I think our audience is probably wondering, uh, why am I listening to this for fun? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, audience. It's weird, like, because when you're high, you think you are just, you know, Charles Manson. Yeah. You are just quoting God. <laughs> and then when you're sober and listening to somebody who's high, you're just like, damn, bro. <laughs> can you write bits stoned? Um, I can think of funny ideas, but yeah. I can't, like think of the specifics yeah same i can think of like a premise yeah. i can think of like a premise or something but then if i i've tried so many times to like write a funny thing or do something even try something funny and it just falls so flat and sad <laughs> but like i can play video games like the best of them when i'm high <laughs> i think that's a real talent yeah. and that's something that really la helps you do play a lot of video games you know Get high and play video games. Video games are fun. I like to play them for like an hour. Yeah. And then that's one of my tap out points. That's it. What's your favorite video game to play? Super you... Mario Wii. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> nice. It does. It looks so playful. Sometimes I go into a world and I'm like, oh my goodness. Uh, this is where I'm going to be. I want to live here. There's my little summer home. And then I'm going to go to school over there. Your home. And this little grocery store. Oh, hello, Javier. I'll take two tomatoes and a mushroom. It's pretty great. Have you played it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've played all those things. It's wonderful. I yeah. love them all. All right, let's let's keep going. Take a bunch of dragons. <laughs> <laughs> Start Freddy Krueger, Mike Myers, Jason Voorhees, Phantasm, that tall guy with the ball. You know, man, I like to see him cry like a little bitch, fucking with all those kids and that. You know, just because you own a fucking morgue and a bunch of, you know, cool spooky. You know, flying balls, and you're friends with a bunch of little Jawas. I don't know what Doesn't you're saying. Make you the world, <laughs> no bad idea. guy in Phantasm, man. Sometimes you just gotta get out to L.A. and you gotta try to lead, man. <laughs> try to lead. Try to try weed. lead. Try to oh. Try to lead. Feel good, you know. They got different kinds out here. It's not just like. Joe makes you buy this kind of weed because if he doesn't, then you can go fuck yourself and, you know, you get punched in the lip because you live in Iowa. No, out here you go to a fucking store and you're like, I like to feel these emotions. And then they give you four different ones. You're like, do you like to feel those emotions and taste blueberry smoke? Here you go. Here's blueberry kush for your happy ass, man. That is great about L.A. My um, my old roommates were from L.A., and um, one of them had, like, a setup of, like, a medicine box, and she'd be like, if I'm feeling kind of sad, I smoke this. If I want to be productive, I smoke this. What? If yeah, I want to go see a movie, I smoke this. You could do that in New York here. It's just... It, it's difficult. It's a much more difficult yeah. task to do. Well, well, you gotta have a dealer who does like all the different strains yeah. and stuff. And you have to start curating a nice collection. Right. Mm. I wonder if there's a... A correlation between pot smoking and crime. Like, I wonder if uh, places where uh, crime is high is weed illegal. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, I think uh, in Colorado, crime, violent crime has dropped 10%, I believe, uh, uh, since weed has been legalized and, and recreational mm. weed has been legalized. So, I mean, they, they are decreasing stuff. I mean, when people are so on edge and angsty and, and angry, 
I mean, look at the Middle East. No one's smoking any weed over there. Smoking any weed. Smoking weed. Well, also, if you drink and then also smoke, it kind of like, you know, like angry drunks, it kind of yeah. calms them down. Yeah. You know? yeah Some people it... can't just be drunk. You got to be a little bit of both. Yeah, or they get you woozy and mm. just puke your brains out. All right, let's keep going. You got to, it's it's something special that goes on. I mean, I'm not allowed to. You asshole. Personally, <laughs> I just have my friend go in. I sent my buddy in. I was like, get me a gram of the craziest, funkiest shit they got in the store. And I want you to say it just like that to the guy. <clears throat> and it turns out the weed was called Eddie OG. And I was <laughs> delighted. One of the best moments of my life. I felt like the moment Kevin Barnett realized the words Bird Luger go together. It was, I, I was thrilled. I was thrilled. I, 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 I almost uh, crapped my bong. Ah, man. I actually don't have a bong right now. It's one of those funny ideas that didn't really uh, execute. <laughs> seven times in a row. And uh, so I don't have a bong anymore. And, uh, you know, maybe uh, we could figure something out. I'm sure uh, there's probably an extra bong laying around, uh, you know, you fucking sick animals. The, the way you live your lives. I bet Mary's got a bong. You know, Amber probably stole one, broke it over <laughs> someone's head. And then, you know, she's like, oh, oh now it looks like my pussy. You know, you know how she does, you know. We all know Cena's got like eight bongs, but you know he's trying to figure out a way to, you know, make sand designs in them. You know, so they're fucking useless. You can't even use those anymore. And uh, you know, Mary, you know, broke hers when she was drinking whiskey and walking around the house. I don't know. I don't know how this uh, weed just turned me mean, but I think it's just mostly because I've been in roast mode. And I love you guys. And, I miss y'all so much, and I can't wait to come back to New York. Uh, that's it. Y'all peace out. Be good to yourselves. Um, and I'll come right back one more time to tell you about the song. Love you. Oh, that was really that was sweetie. Sweet. sweet at the end. Just when we were like getting like, yeah, fuck you, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> he really so That's Eddie for Eddie. Yeah. He pushes you right to the edge and then brings you back. I can't wait to see that pool house. I wonder if there's a bed in there. Or I've seen just... the pool house. It's nice. He's got a nice thing going over there. Because I'm picturing like a, just a concrete floor and a couple dead roaches. Yeah, you know, it's it's bare, right? It's a little raw, yeah. but it's it's like a mansion for Eddie. What? <laughs> Eddie was living like in New York. Eddie lives like, you know, like he's Mad Max. Mm-hmm. Like he's in post apocalyptic New York. Pays his rent in cash. Yeah, pays yeah. cash and like several like weird slips of paper that he's assigned in value. <laughs> Uh, you know, but the, but in L.A., I think he's really living. He's got a pool, like, feet away from, steps away from him. Oh, God, that's so beautiful. But, you know, I think what's good good about this, right, is the brighter side is that L.A.'s weed culture is just better than everyone else's right now. I mean, Colorado and Washington, I think, have had their own cultures that have now developed mm-hmm. into this beautiful thing. But if we're talking about L.A. versus us here in New York, I mean, they just have it done properly. Yeah, you get the sunlight, and they also like they like to work out and drink smoothies. So it's not like they smoke a bunch of weed and then eat a bunch of hamburgers. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> how fun is that? Oh man, I love eating hamburgers <laughs> and weed. Oh, just a cheeseburger, oh, with yeah. bacon on it, and yeah. some weed in a uh, movie. Oh, the hot cheese just like gets on your face Ugh. when you eat it. You're like, oh, it's burning, but I'm too lazy to move. <laughs> Um, We just got a glimpse into your plans for tonight, I feel like. (laughs) Me and my eight bongs. A hamburger. With sand in them. Yeah, the hamburger for each bong. (laughs) 
All right, I think that was I think that was it, right? I mean, I don't mm-hmm. know what else to really get into here. That was the brighter side of LA. I think one of the big things that we've shown. I know I feel a lot more positive having had this discussion about LA. So often it's New York versus LA for us here, and I kind of feel good about LA now. I had some weird experiences there, but at the end of the day, I think it was pretty cool. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna move there in like a year. Yeah, so that'll be fun. I think you're you're gonna have a good head on your shoulders. You're gonna know a bunch of people out there, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's always good. LA's a good place to go to when you have friends. So you don't have to be alone and stuff like that. You know, when you're surrounded by a big group of people, you can go sit on the porch and have a nice Sunday, you know, afternoon weed smoking burger joint uh, yeah, milkshake. Yeah, make a brunch in your kitchen and invite all your friends over because they can yeah. fit in your house. Yeah, they can do it. <laughs> they can fit in your house. Exactly right. All right, so I think to take us out, Eddie's got a song ready for us in here, and then uh, our next show we'll have Eddie back in studio here, and we'll get back to the uh, righteous work of finding the brighter side through the darkness of our world. Yeah, if you have any suggestions, go ahead and or ideas, write it to us. We'd love to read them, talk about it. Cave Comedy Radio at Gmail, or hit us up on Facebook at the Brighter Side Facebook page. It's mm. becoming very active. We appreciate all the fans posting on there. We had a nice string of dog posts that was really fun. Yeah. People yeah. posting their nice dogs. That was pretty cute. Yeah. All right, everybody, I love you. And we love you, too. All right, y'all. Fuck yeah, rock and roll. I miss you guys so much. I can't wait to be back on round table and do everything uh, that I love to do so much. And uh, come out to Too Fat on 4-2 Thursday at the Grand. It's with me and Big Fat Ben Kissel, our host on the show. Sad-ass Chris Welty's going to be on it. I don't know who else yet. And then... April 20th, big time, Bonanza, Rob Cantrell, and Murder Fist, Save the Earth with Michelle Wolf, Unicorn Smack, uh, Nick Vatterot, and the goddamn Marcus Monroe. Check this dude out. I know this is going to sound weird, but if you like juggling, you're going to fucking go nuts for this dude. Marcus Monroe. You're going to, it's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. But uh, taking us out today is going to be a great song by Randy Newman off the Troubles in Paradise uh, album. I know it's a little on the money, but fuck it. Song's called I Love L.A. And you guys should come out here at least once, but don't stay forever because you'll get lost and never be found again. (laughs) Because that's what happens out here. Amen, everybody. Fucking kiss your mother for me. Peace. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com.